Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. You know, to my mind, the most interesting and important part of doing afterlife research is not just proving that we all easily survive our deaths. There's frankly, there is so much good evidence now that anyone can prove the afterlife is real. It is easy to do. No, what has been most interesting to me during all the decades I've been doing afterlife research has been learning more and more of the details of how and where and under what circumstances all of this actually happens how it interfaces with what we know. To me, no matter how much we might learn about the afterlife details, it doesn't really feel real unless we can ground ourselves in a sensible and evidence-based framework that includes both the reality that we think we see around us now and the reality that the evidence suggests surrounds and contains the afterlife realities. Figuring all of this out has taken me decades, but the whole of reality really does all fit together. Primary living researcher in the study of all of reality is the wonderful Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Craig is the director of AREI, and you can find it at afterlifeinstitute.org. I met him in 2008 when I was first really getting into this, and I read his wonderful summary of how it all fits together called Your Eternal Self. I found there that he had learned everything I had learned, and then he had learned a great deal more. Craig's passion is researching and then teaching everyone who will listen to him about the greater reality that we all live in eternally and how it interfaces with this much more limited material reality that he calls Earth School. I call it this spiritual gym, but it's the same thing. Craig was here in September to talk about his brand new book called There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences. And this book is a mind bender. But it's absolutely all true and accurate, and it's an exciting, exciting breakthrough. Now, today we're going to talk about his second edition of Your Eternal Self, which is now called Your Eternal Self, Science Discovered the Afterlife. Great title. It's just out this fall. This is the first book now in a series of four, he tells us. The second book is going to be called Earth School Answers and Evidence. And his wonderful There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences is going to be the third book. The fourth will be called just Earth School, Love, Learn, and Be Happy. And it's going to be a simple, we really needed this, a simple summary of the first three books for people who want just the facts, ma'am, and they don't feel a need to have all the detailed evidence in front of them. You really need, many people feel they need to get to the point. They don't want to read a lot. But if you want to read a lot, you're going to get it. Everything you could possibly need to satisfy all your curiosity. Or just read that fourth book and you'll have it all in one place. Craig, welcome. I am so happy to have you with us today. It's a joy to be with you again, Roberta. We have <laughs> such a wonderful time together. We do have fun, don't we? We do. Oh, so everybody, I think, who's listening pretty much probably knows who you are. But we're always getting new, new Seek Reality listeners. And for them, would you please tell us very briefly kind of what got you interested in this field? Well, I got interested in the field several decades ago when I learned that I have psychic abilities. 
And when I learned that I had the psychic abilities, I realized that there's much more to this life than what we see, what's apparent, what's around us. And so then I started to delve into it and find out what that means for us. And as the more I got into it, the more I discovered that we have no idea, growing up as children in the earth realm, what life is really about. And so I began to discover that and enjoy every minute of it. And it has resulted in new discoveries every day. And it never ends. You never come to the bottom of it. We're continuing to make wonderful discoveries. And so I've devoted my life now, since I discovered the greater reality through my psychic abilities, I then discovered the afterlife, what we call the afterlife. And it's really the life after this life. And then as I moved into discovering more about it, I realized that there's more there, too, than meets the eye. And as I did, I was excited by what I found, and the result of it was that I devoted my life to it. And now I'm trying to to teach people because we are making a difference for humanity, one person at a time. And eventually, this will change all of humankind. So that uh, that is the dedication of my life now. Yes, it's well, I guess it's mine, too. But I think this fact that you point out that there's never we never come to the end of what there is to learn. I think that is what I love most most about what what it is we're doing, because you're always finding something new and exciting. You know, all of this. Oh, and then this fits in here. I see how that works and that we've got all of that. And then look at this other whole field that we can make fit with what we've been working on. It's a bigger and bigger and bigger reality, but it all does fit together. I think that's what I love most about doing this work. Uh, it feels like, uh, you know, Christmas every morning, I have to tell you. Yeah, that's what's most exciting about it is it is like opening gifts because we're being given things. We're actually being led into helping humanity to grow, to change, because there are people on the other side dedicated to this work. And so they are speaking through us and they're working through us. And they're giving us everything they can give to us. And they are giving us as much as we can handle at any moment. And so as we do that, then all we have to do is convey it to other people. And that's what we're doing. Let's talk a little about the four books. You, you, you say there are four. And I can see that makes a lot of sense. And you say there are six things those four books will specifically tell us. Um, first, your mind is not produced by or contained in your brain. Your mind doesn't need a body or a brain. That strikes me as so basic, but that's apparently something a lot of people have trouble with. Yeah, and it is something that people are not taught. So we're taught that the mind is in the brain, and we refer to some things happening in our head and right. in our skull. And, and so people assume that that's true. But the fact of the matter is that the mind is not in the brain. We know that for certain now. And that materialism, which means that the the whole world is a physical world, materialism has failed. Quantum mechanics does not support materialism. And as a result of that, then now the scientists, the thinkers, are casting about for another alternative explanation. They have explanations such as that the, uh, the universe is a hologram, that the universe is a simulation, that there are many worlds in the universe. And all of these are attempts to recover from the fact that materialism has failed. Uh, None of them are successful. None of them hold water. But what we know to be true about the greater reality that the mind is not in the brain and that consciousness is the basis of all reality is the truth that we know is going to satisfy all of the requirements 
and it fits all of the data that we have about life and about what we know about the life after this life. Of course, we know that Max Planck and Albert Einstein knew this a long time ago. Um, Max Planck said, I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything that we talk about, everything that we regard as existing, postulates consciousness. Now, he was the father of quantum mechanics, and he said this back in 1931, and yet people ignore it. And Albert Einstein got right to the point. He said, reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. Got right to the point. Um, it's, it's very frustrating, I think, that um, certainly it is for us, but I think it should be for everybody. The scientists so stubborn about this. I just read another article by someone who professes to be a scientist who has finally come up with how it is, he says, that the, the brain generates consciousness. What he writes is absolute nonsense. It, it couldn't, it's not true. I mean, it makes no sense at all, even, I'm sure, to any other scientist. Because it just, it's like asking how your, uh, 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 how your, your, uh, I can't even think of anything stupid enough, how your house generates you. I mean, you live in your house, right? And, uh, so somehow it's generating you. You could not possibly have existed separately from the house. It's ridiculous. So, so let's, all right, let's go to the second thing that you, that you talk about because, um, uh, that, that the books will talk about, because I think this is very important. Your mind is an individual manifestation of the universal intelligence all people are part of. We are all one mind. Now, that's also profound, but many people don't understand it. Yeah, that's true. And it's because of the fact that we've been brought up in a materialistic world. The world has not discovered yet what we know to be true, and so we're not teaching children. If we were teaching children what we had learned over the past two millennia, we would then they would understand from childhood what it is that we know to be true now. We are one mind with each other. Uh, we know that be, through the research that's been done. There's been a, an extensive amount of research that's been done showing that people, for instance, who are meditating in one place can focus upon meditating with another group that's 200 miles away and their brain waves will synchronize, their heartbeats will synchronize between wow. them. Wow. <laughs> so that we know that, that we are joined with other people, and uh, as a result of that, then anything that we do has an effect upon all of humanity. It has an effect wow. upon the people around us first, and all of humanity second. So, and then number three, our one universal intelligence, this, the intelligence we're all part of, creates the world we live in. So we are co-creators with every other mind and with the eternal mind that we call God, co-creators of this reality from moment to moment. Yes, that's right. And what that means is that because there is nothing but the mind, there is nothing but the mind of God, then what is being created is out, an outcropping of the mind of God. We are individual facets of it. And we're living life in Earth School right now. We're going through the Earth School and we're making experiences. We're changing things in Earth School. And with every change that we make, it changes what's in the universal intellect. And the result of that is that the universal intellect then retains that 
and that we are creating the reality in the universal intellect. Those who have come before us in Earth School have created a reality. We grew up as children learning about the reality, and then we are able to, to change that, to manipulate it, to become a new reality, and that's what we do from day to day. Uh, and we do that because the universe, universal intellect is giving us the experiences that we ask for. An, an example is just if we want to remember something, remember the image of uh, a person in our life, the image comes to us automatically. Where does it come from? It comes from the universal intellect. Who All we have to do is ask for it, and it will come immediately. And, and that's a sign of the fact that when this experience that we're having that we call Earth School, is also from the universal intellect and all we have to do is expect it want it and believe that it's going to be there and it will be there for us so everything that we think is real is actually like a thought in our in, in the universal mind yes that's right and we know that it's a thought in the universal mind because other people have the same thoughts we can, for instance, if somebody focuses on another person, they can change their physiology. They, we know that to be true because studies have been done in which they would put electrodes on people's fingers to see whether they sweated more. It's called skin conductance. And then they would have somebody a distance away, it could be in another town, who would focus on them and would focus on giving them calming thoughts and wanting them to feel peaceful and happy. And immediately when they did that, then the electrodes showed that the person's body relaxed. Or they would, they would, they would send disturbing thoughts and, and anxiety and, and feelings that they should be upset. And immediately then the electrodes that are on their fingers would show that they had in fact become upset. And the, the, that doesn't come up to consciousness. It doesn't come up to our awareness. But it is something which affects the body because any time that, that we say something or do something towards another person, they receive it regardless of whether we have said something to them or not uh, because of the fact that we are one mind. One of the things I, I love parenthetically about working with you is that you are interested in all this really intense and complicated stuff. You're drawn to it. And that evidence that you keep coming across and producing is so essential to, to our being able to think about these things simply. My, my job seems to be to make it as simple as possible for people to understand. I mean, my books are very short, very easy to read, very simple. Your books are beautifully sourced. Are, are, they're not complicated. They're actually quite easy to read, but they're deep some, in some cases. And I think that sort of makes us a good match. Um, I could not do what I do without the work that you do. Yeah. But let's go to number four. Our individual minds continue to live after the body ceases to function. This is something you and I have known for decades. People still, there are some people who still don't get that. Yeah, it's astounding when there's so much evidence of it. And in fact, in the general population, 70 to 80 percent of widows and widowers feel that they have had afterlife communication yeah. with their loved one. 20 to 25 percent have had visual encounters with their loved one after they passed away. Wow. So it's a very common occurrence. This is not something unusual. There, there are a few things in life that are so common in this as this, and yet people have a difficult time understanding it. But now science is coming around and telling us the same thing. Science is telling us that 
In fact, the mind continues after the body ceases to function. And now then we're also getting wonderful, wonderful accounts through mediums of all sorts about the people living on the other side of life. And they, what they're telling us from the other side is that life there continues. It is wonderful. It, they are very happy. And they are finding that they needed to have worried about dying. Dying was the least of them. It's <laughs> yeah. just another transition in our life from when we go to from infancy to childhood, from childhood to adolescence, adolescence to young adulthood. These are just transitions. And the next transition then is into uh -huh. the next life after this life. Right. right. No, in fact, for some people, it's, they tell us it's a very pleasurable experience to die, which is why I called my book The Fun of Dying. But now, you let's talk about something which is very important, and many people in this field don't focus on it, and that is the purpose of life on Earth. One of the great things that's come out of the recent, within the past, you know, 50, 60 years, study of death and the afterlife and the greater reality is now we know why people are born on Earth, which to me is very basic, but most people have no idea. Talk about that. What is the purpose of our lives on Earth? Mm -hmm. Sure, we've chosen to be here. So we planned our lives before we, we came onto the Earth plane. We have come into this area now within this expanse of our eternal lives because we want to learn lessons and we want to love. We want to learn how to love and we want to enjoy it. So this should be a time that we enjoy. Part of our spiritual journey, part of our spiritual development is to love every minute of it. Yeah. And so that that is part of it. It's not just that we are going to become more loving and compassionate, but that is what we're doing here in Earth School. As we go through Earth School, we can make of our time here a wonderful time, an exciting time in which we are we love and are loved. We are excited. We are learning and we are teaching others and we are just having the time of our lives. But that's entirely in our control. It's something that we do or choose not to do. And uh, all we have to do in order to have that wonderful life in which we learn lessons is to allow ourselves to do it and pursue it. I think that um, that's really one of the keys to being happy is to know the things that you teach in these books, to understand that we are part of the great universal mind, to understand that our, our minds are eternal. You can't die. It's not possible for you ever, ever to die. If you, you were never born, really, you never began, and you never will end. When you get that, it takes away so much fear. When you stop thinking that somehow, you know, God is going to get you, which is what so many people, I'm, I'm sorry, are terrified of, when you get past that, you really can enjoy your life. You really can find the wonder in just being alive. And that's why what you teach is so, so important, because until you really get that you are eternal, it's very hard not to be afraid. Yeah, we're brought up to be afraid. So what we do is we accompany our, our loved ones, our family, and, and we go out to the cemetery and we stare at the ground right. as though somebody that we loved and somebody that we knew is buried there. That's a terrible <laughs> mythology. And it's something that needs to be eradicated because we know that it's not true. We know now exactly what happens when we transition into the next plane of life from second to second, from minute to minute during the transition. And all of it is pleasant. Uh, there is nothing to fear about dying. In fact, 
if a, there's a tremendous d destruction, such as a, an airline disaster, those who are then making the transition are taken out before the crash happens. Yes. And uh, and so they don't suffer that pain. And repeatedly we hear from them on the other side that they do not suffer the pain of whatever it is that happens to them in those last moments. And if people just realized that, realized that what they have to look forward to is so wonderful, it's uh, and it's just a, a, the reward for the life that they've lived. And then if they do that and they learn that they don't need to fear that transition that we call death, then they can live their lives confidently looking forward to it and realizing that life is something to be enjoyed and death is not to be feared. Yes, I think that's the most important thing. Once you really get that and you're not afraid of death, it turns out that's the base fear. You're not then afraid ever again of anything. Nothing can harm you. You are totally mentally, psychologically, in every way, indestructible. And then you can start to really use Earth School as you would really should use it, which is for tremendous personal spiritual growth. We come back repeatedly to, to learn lessons here. But if you, if you make a good job of this time, this may, maybe this will be your last time that you'll ever have to come back. So that's another reason to really pay attention, really try to learn the truth, and, and make the most of this tremendous opportunity that people have when they're here. What, you have earthschoolanswers.com as a new website. Is that active yet? Yeah, that is active. And the, on that website, I have videos primarily that are supporting what's in the books. So in the books, I refer to people to a video, and then they can go onto the website and they can watch the video, or I send them to a recording and they can listen to the recording. And so it's a multimedia presentation uh, in these books. And the reason I've done that is because today we have so much that really it lets us know that what we have read about in the past is true. And I wanted to get that to people. And so EarthSchoolAnswers.com has all of those videos. One of the wonderful things about this book, Your Eternal Self's New Edition, is that you have all kinds of evidence that we've lived other lives, all kinds of evidence that, that um, our minds uh, have nothing to do really with our bodies. Our, they're just, the bodies are just a vehicle. Lots of wonderful evidence uh, of, of everything that you say. Now, if you don't need the evidence, you, don't, you can just buy the summary book, which will, I guess, will be available shortly. When will it be out? Well, hopefully it'll be out by the, February. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so um, you, you don't have to convince yourself, but if you need to, wow, I, it, the, the evidence you have assembled is so impressive and so amazing. And, and um, what, 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 what do you think is the most compelling evidence that you have found that our minds are not in our bodies and are eternal? First, that the mind is not in the body. The most compelling evidence is remote viewing. And the reason that's compelling is because it's something that we can identify and we can validate immediately. In remote viewing, what we do is we sit, close our eyes, focus on something that can be thousands of miles away, and then write down the impressions that we get or sketch the impressions that we get. And then we see what it was. And we can discover then the fact that we are right most of the time. And the result of the remote viewing is the fact that, that the, the, the mind cannot be confined to the cranium. 
because there are no orifices in it that would uh, allow that energy to come through from thousands of miles away. No. And so we know that the, the mind is not in the brain because uh, we're getting these pictures, we're getting these messages. Sometimes you can get sounds, you can get uh, impressions of touch. Uh, and so through remote viewing, we know that there is n there is no space, that we don't travel to that area. It's not like we were out-of-body experiencers going to that area. We just close our eyes and we immediately take away this illusion of space between us. And then we can see those things that are there. And I can do it. And I'm going to be teaching people how to do it. And uh, it's one of those things that a great number of people can do. And that proves the fact that the mind is not in the brain. Absolutely. There's, there's much other proof, but th that's the primary proof that the mind is not in the brain. And I hear from many people um, now because I invite people to contact me. And so I have heard some wonderful stories. And there's one I don't think I've ever shared with you, and I just want to share it with you now. You talk about the fact that sometimes people who are mediums, have mediumistic ability, are able to speak languages that they have never learned. Um, they sometimes don't even know what they themselves are saying. And I have come across a, a, a situation like that, which I think is kind of amazing and has been validated by scholars. Um, and this is someone who must have mediumistic ability and was trying to, um, you know, be, be regressed to uh, past lives. You know, I want to know about my past lives. And suddenly she started speaking this other language we had no idea, but we, we taped it. I mean, I wasn't in the room, but I mean, there's a group of people who are involved in this, and, and it was taped. And then it was sent to um, a, 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 a university where there were um, uh, scholars able to hear it. What they decided that it was is 18th Dynasty Egyptian. And the person speaking through her said, I'm not going to give the name of who it was, but this was a famous 18th century Egyptian pharaoh who said that this woman, alive now, was was his modern incarnation. I am the name, and I speak again through this vehicle, um, who is uh, who who is my incarnation, and I am now her guide. I wouldn't believe it, except that these uh, these scholars said that they thought it was real. They thought not only was it a language you, that no, nobody speaks, I don't even know how they knew it should sound. But in point of fact, that's pretty amazing, don't you think? Yeah, and, and that's, uh, that is a phenomenon that we've seen before. I, and uh, as you say, the mediums, mediums can go into trance when, when they're in trance and, and someone is speaking through them. Then they will speak these languages, and some of them are uh, they are extinct languages. There was one uh, medium who had begun speaking from an, an ancient Chinese dialect that was forbidden, that no one was supposed to have spoken it. And of course, it was a, it was a long dead medium, but a long dead um, uh, language. But the medium was able to speak it. Uh, and so, yeah, we have many of these ex experiences, uh, and the reason for that is that all experiences that ever were, ever will be, in any place, are all accessible. So, in other words, they are all in the universal intellect, and all we need to do is to have a, a 
point at which we would like to, to direct our attention. And once we have that point, then we can draw out of that whatever the experiences are there. That's why remote viewing works. Uh, and it's the same thing. And people can do remote viewing and see the future. They can see the past. They can, they can find archaeological sites. They have been able to, to look for and through the depths of the sea and, and find shipwrecks. And so all of these experiences are available to us because the universal intellect has every experience that ever was, including all of our thoughts. It's so amazing. It is so beautiful. Um, that, see, this is everyone. This is why it's so much fun to learn all this stuff because you keep coming across these new things that are beyond belief, wonderful, and and they're, but they all fit together. We're able to explain how it is that these things are possible and are happening. And frankly, no scientist could. These are these are demonstrably true events, and yet science cannot explain them because science has one a major erroneous assumption, and that is that everything is in some way physical. Consciousness has to be created by the physical, not the other way around, which is nonsense. Uh, we, we now know 100% certain that not only is consciousness what manifests reality from moment to moment, but to the extent that there is such a thing as light, consciousness is also light. It's all, it all makes sense, but it only makes sense if you can get rid of the old assumptions, these 19th century, 18th century assumptions that science still clings to. Very amazing. So, so where do you think it's going now? Craig. Well, I think that we're discovering things at a, at a rate and communicating them to each other that is going to result in changes in humankind much more rapidly than we thought that they were. Uh, we're at a time when we have our feet in both worlds. We have our feet in the, the old world, the archaic world, which was a world of physical things and of competition among people and of wars. And we still have our one foot in that world, and we have the, our other foot in the other world, the new world, the world that, that realizes that we're one with each other, we're one universal intellect, that we can live in peace and we can live in, in love with each other. And so what's happening now is we are watching the transition from the one world to the other world. At the same time, uh, this world has all of its cruelties and all of its frailties, and those are becoming manifest uh, to us. We're seeing them more now because of the fact that we are becoming more sensitive to them. We are realizing that these are these are frailties. We are realizing that they are wrong. And the reason we're realizing them is because we're going through this transition. So if it seems like there are many, many more awful things happening in the world today, that isn't true. It actually has become a, a, a gentler world. But the fact that we're seeing them gives us the impression that there are many more bad things happening in the world today. And that's because we see the other world. We see the new world that's arising. And that then is giving us sensitivities to it and the fact that we are not going to tolerate the old world. The, the veil between worlds really is thinning and fairly rapidly. I'll tell you what amazes me. Um, Afterlifeforums.com is um, a 10-year-old plus now uh, uh, forum for discussing afterlife matters. And uh, I don't get to go there much anymore, but it's well moderated and it's a wonderful place. Mikey Morgan answers questions there. So if that's, if no, if no other reason you should, everyone should go try out afterlife forums with an S.com. 
Um, but one of the things that, that has been revealed there by some widows is that their husbands who are in spirit come to them on some nights and they have physical sex. Yeah. I didn't believe this, but then multiple women started to, to say the same thing. That's a very recent thing, Craig. You and I yeah. never saw that in the literature. Well, no, they, you don't see that in the spiritualist literature, uh, but it is true. And, uh, and not only that, but, but people have gone through the self-guided afterlife communication training that, that we have online. It's free. It's online. And people who have gone that, through that have sent journals into me in which they have said almost uh, without believing that it was true that they actually had sexual experiences with their loved one uh, with whom they're communicating through the self-guided <laughs> communication method. Uh, and so it is, it is absolutely true. Uh, there is, there is uh, sex in the afterlife if people want it. Like yeah. everything else, there is food in the afterlife that people want. There is drink and, and even being able to smoke a good cigar or have a, a pipe. Really? They smoke? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, now, the, now, all of the pleasures. They don't have lungs, so they don't yeah. <laughs> now, you understand that, that everything that we, that we have pleasure in is happening in the mind. It's not happening in the body. Yes. So, for instance, uh, sexual impulses are not happening in the body. The body is dumb. Uh, they're happening in the mind. And so, as a result of that, then... Once we leave this body behind and we have a new body, uh, we can have the same experiences without necessarily having any deleterious effect, such as from smoking. So we can have the experience of smoking and all yeah. the taste of smoking without having those those effects. We, we don't have um, internal organs. Um, we do, though, have sexual organs. We can have physical sex, but uh, of course there's no baby conceived. Um, but one of the things that Mikey Morgan tells us, he's been a wonderful resource, by the way, everybody, because he was recently in a body. He died at 20 specifically so he could go back to the very top of, of the uh, afterlife where uh, he basically knows everything going on there and he knows everything going on here. So he tells us, a, he answers a lot of questions very well. But one of the things that frustrates him is that you can't, taste thing you everything you taste is just um a memory of the taste for example his favorite thing when he was here was burritos <laughs> um I, I you know I, I suppose there's no no accounting for taste but he misses burritos he can eat them the burrito feels real but it it he can't swallow it because he doesn't have any internal organs and the taste is from his memory and he said you don't feel full after you eat a big meal you know you're never hungry so uh, he, after a while, he said nearly everybody stops eating, but um, but he still does miss a good burrito every once in a while. Not enough to come back into a body, he insists. He's never coming back again. But um, but but it's any kind of pleasure you that you wish for, you can have it there, and it is not. There's no morality against it as long as it's in love. It's not hurting anybody else. But then the. One of the things I think you and I need to talk about in a future episode is what just how it feels to be there and why it why there's no negativity there. I think that that's something because when I say that to people, they can't believe it. If it feels sort of like being here, why is there not this horrible negativity that we come here to experience so we can help it can help us to grow? But that's something which. Um, I think you could be very helpful in, in helping me talk about, and we probably ought to schedule a, a, a sure. talking about that. Yeah, let's do it because there's a lot to be said about it. 
there there is so much that Craig and I could tell you. What's wonderful is when we ever get together, which is too rare now, what with COVID, when we ever get together, we're completing each other's sentences all the time. What's what's great is I I, I used to think it was in some a little bit of a race. I was trying to learn stuff that he didn't know, and I never ever ever has found something he didn't already know and hadn't already thought about. So that's kind of exciting to me that there's there's an expert on earth I can talk about. Um, I talk with rather about a lot of these things that otherwise almost nobody else. There aren't many people. Don't you think there are not many people who care about these details of how it happens, where it happens. There are people who want to talk about near death experiences. There are people who want to talk about um, out of body travel or talking to, to loved ones through mediums, all of those things. But to put it all together and have it make a complete scientific sense how many people in the world are doing that work? Yeah, it's a very small number. And it is compartmentalized, as you said. The near-death experience people are, are kind of keeping it to themselves. And, and the people who know about mediumship, mental mediumship, they're keeping it to themselves. And, and they all have their little territory. And, uh, and it's um, one of these things that, you know, that Leslie Flint, the direct voice medium for the 20th century, um, and Leslie Flint would sit in a room and the people from the life after this life would come in to the room and they would speak using an ectoplasmic voice box. We have thousands of the recordings of these people speaking now. And when I mentioned the name Leslie Flint to the people in the spiritualist churches that I speak at, they don't know who he is. You're they kidding. have no idea who Leslie Flint is. And it's because of the fact that, that people have compartmentalized now. The yeah. spiritualist churches have their own liturgy that they go through and the songs that they sing and, and the healing uh, prayer session. And uh, so they've compartmentalized into that, and that's their spiritual life. And they don't realize the history of spiritualism, about the many things that we've learned from oh, these wonderful yes. mediums, such as Leslie Flint. What we're, go what we're planning, everyone, and we aren't ready to really announce it yet, but we are planning, starting maybe six months, eight months from now, to, to put all of this together in easy ways for you to access. We thought we'd be able to do it this year, but my guide, and probably your guides as well, said not the right time. 2020 is not the right time to do anything important. But um, I'm hearing from Thomas now that uh, we'll be able to do it starting in the middle of the year next year. And so I'm excited. We're already starting to prepare. So I think it's important that everybody have an easy way to learn all of these things. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It all fits together. And it makes you so happy to know these things that it's just there's no reason why everyone listening shouldn't have the comfort and the joy of knowing the truth. And that's what that's what our lives are about now. Craig's in mind and a few other people who are working with us. So such a wonderful thing to have you here, Craig. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been a joy. <laughs> We're coming to the end of our time. And what, what do you want people most, what would you most want them to take away from today? Well, I think that the thing that I'd like them to take away most is that they needn't fear the, the transition that we call death because it is simply a transition. It is not a transition that's difficult to go through. It was Woody Allen that said that he didn't mind dying, but he just didn't want to be there when it when it happened. <laughs> right, and right, right. So the, the transition is actually uh, an easy transition, uh, and the transition then after that, when we go into the next life, 
the people stayed there. It's a wonderful life. They don't, they have no regrets about having gone to the next life. And I want people to realize that, that, that death is not something to be feared. It's just another, another transition in our wonderful lives that we're going to be having. Our eternal lives. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. This is, I hate to say it, but it's time for us now to, to, to end um, our conversation. And I just want everyone to know, earthschoolanswers.com, afterlifeinstitute.org, Wonderful websites where you can learn so much about all of this and, and where you can spend time with Craig Hogan, who is, to me, the most interesting, lovely person uh, now living. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you are with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get that and all its implications, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Judy Miller. She's the author of Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Now, as you know, we generally try here on Seek Reality to give you the absolute facts as best we can understand them about death, the afterlife, the greater reality, the meaning and purpose of life, and how you can better live your own best life while you're here. Our wonderful friend Craig Hogan has today, you know, shown you he covers the whole field. Our, wonder, our guest next week, though, is also lovely, and she falls into the last category with her book, Perfect. Judy Miller learned how to work with spirit to heal some ancient traumas. For, I believe they're past life traumas. And her inspiring story is really, it's a beautiful story. It reads almost like a novel. But in powerful ways, it's everybody's story. We all have past lives. We've all had traumas. We all need to heal them, and we all can make our lives perfect. I really think you're going to enjoy next week, so please be sure to join us. And today we've been talking with our blessed, wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who has just been our guest on Seek Reality for an amazing 28th time. And I think it's, what are we, eight years now and counting? Craig has been extraordinarily productive during the past two years, writing There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences, which we discussed here with him just a few months back. You can find it in the archives. That book is a wonderful summary of what researchers now know is true about consciousness and how reality works. And if you haven't yet read it, frankly, I think you're in for a big treat. You need to read that book. Today, we've been talking primarily about Craig's second edition of Your Eternal Self, which is the 12-year-old groundbreaking book that led to my first meeting him, being encouraged by him, and then writing The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. In my own life and work, the rest is history. Dr. R. Craig Hogan is the director of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, or AREI, and you can find that at afterlifeinstitute.org. And again, he told you he has just started earthschoolanswers.com. He does fantastic videos, by the way, so if that's what that website is all about, you're going to love it. You'll never want to leave it. Craig Hogan is a brilliant man, but I think more important, to me at least, Craig Hogan is the best developed person spiritually that I ever have met who is now in a body. I think he came back actually specifically sort of the way the way Mikey Morgan did to try to help. By popular demand, we now speak with Craig fairly often and we'll speak with him again in maybe three months, maybe less. Um, and we even now know what we'll be talking about. So if you have questions that you would especially like him to answer or us to answer together, please send them to us through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com and we will answer them. We want very much 
for you to have all the information you need for your own particular journey so you can make the very, very most of this lifetime. I don't care how old you are. If you're under 90, if you would do it all right from now on, you may be able to make this your very last Earth lifetime, which those who are living in the afterlife think that's a real good idea. Now, as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. I didn't know... I. The book was finished two years ago. I didn't understand why Thomas wasn't letting us publish it. He has let me know now that we're going to publish it just before we start our online project. He was waiting for that. So it's good. I'm always the last to know, but eventually I do find out what's what's going on in my life and in my work. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus as well. And you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com. And the adult books, of course, are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books or if you want to talk really about anything at all, you can always contact me through through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email, although it can take a few days. So please be sure to give me your right email address because if I write a long email and then it bounces, it'll make me sad. You don't want to do that. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, on realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and a number of other stations, including those in the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family. Many people just get the Seek Reality app on the um, iTunes app store. It's free, it's free, and then you're able to just get the apps, the uh, episodes automatically every week. If you enjoy our weekly conversations, you also might want to check out my blog at robertagrimes.com. I use those weekly blog posts to talk about a lot of the same issues that we talk about on Seek Reality, and we delve more deeply. There are wonderful commenters there. It's a great community. So, you know, if you if you have a little time, do stop by. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being And you, most of all, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.